0: Nobody is more keenly aware of what failure feels like than parents. Every day, our hard-fought and heartfelt efforts to shape, mold, nurture, and love our kids challenges our wisdom, our intellect, our patience, and sometimes even our marriages and our faith. Rebel Parenting is where it's okay to be the parent you are while still working to be the parent you want to be. Hi everyone, I'm Ryan Dobson and you guessed it, you're listening to Rebel Parenting, a safe place for imperfect parents and we have a great program for you today. Our guest is Cindy Beal, author of Rebuilding a Marriage Better Than New and she has a story to tell. Also today on Rebel Parenting, we're going to set the tone for all future broadcasts by letting you know up front that nothing is off the table. And I mean nothing. Today's broadcast deals with pornography addiction. Porn is everywhere. It is, people. It's in your churches. It's in your kids' schools. And for a lot of you, it's in your home. But here's the good news. We are all broken. Every last one of us is broken and in need of a Savior. So there's no guilt or shame piling on here. Just some great advice from a woman who's been there, fought the battles, and not just lived to tell about it, but is living abundantly and sharing how you can too. I can't wait for you to hear her. So without any further ado, here is Cindy Beal on Rebel Parenting. Cindy, we so appreciate you joining the program today. I know you're really busy. You've got this uh, book that's out and I know you're doing a lot of work with it. Um, I know your story. Laura knows your story. But for those listeners that don't, can you take us back to the original story? Give us a little groundwork for your experience in this topic. I mean. We've had so many people say, are you going to talk about porn on your very first program? I mean, you can't start off that way, and we want people to know nothing is off the table. We're going to talk about topics that, yes, while they may be awkward, they're important to talk about, and we thought you were a perfect guest to come on and talk about this, so we really do appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks. It's great to be on the show, and I applaud you for taking on such a topic for this first episode, and I'm honored to uh, share about it. So. Um, my experience with porn is not really my experience as far as me. Um, that's never been something that I've struggled with, um, so, uh, you know. But sadly, you know, there are plenty of women who do, but it, mm-hmm. it's yes. never been mine. But my husband, on the other hand, um, was in a deep, deep, deep. Two decade long bondage addiction, whatever you want to call it, to pornography, and it actually began back when they were just in magazines. you know, when he mm-hmm. first saw his image of a naked woman, it was in a Playboy. It was not online like a lot of kids are seeing today. and mm-hmm. so so it wasn't as readily available back in you know nineteen seventy nine or nineteen eighty, but it was still there. and out of that addiction, what happened was our marriage, basically fell apart. And so the, the story goes in February of 2002, you know, my husband, we had been married uh, about nine years and he was a pastor at our church in life in Oklahoma at Life Church under Craig and Amy Groeschel. Mm. And he walked in the door six weeks on the job and mm. he sat me down and he said, we need to talk. And within a matter of moments, my world crumbled as he confessed to me that he'd been unfaithful to me that he had a deep, deep bondage to pornography, which is what led him incrementally to actually begin to physically act out. And if that wasn't the worst Mm. part of it, which that's pretty devastating, as you can imagine, but the final blow was that out of all the infidelity, out of all the one-night stands and everything, that one of the women was pregnant, and he was pretty sure he was a father. And so out of this, addiction out of this first viewing of a magazine in 1979 or I think it was 1980 um, became a full-on sickness couldn't be gratified you had to keep doing more and more and more until you act out on your marriage and you end up with a child from another woman Mm -hmm. that's where pornography leads and so I'm just I'm telling people you don't get it under control you don't find help and healing it will get
0: worse. Mm. Mm-hmm. It does. It's a progressive It's a progressive disease. It's a proges- progressive drug in that way that it does. It gets worse. The thing that is titillating today or that turns you on today maybe doesn't tomorrow or the next day or the next day, and then it gets deeper and deeper. Cindy, at that moment when he said, we need to talk, did you have any idea what was coming? Was this just totally out of the blue. I mean, you're brand new at this church. LifeChurch.tv is this massive church. I mean, what was going through your mind at that point?
1: Well, I was surprised and I was not. So mm-hmm. a little, let me let me unpack that a bit. Mm-hmm. I knew over the years, you know, we'd been married nine years, and, as, and the internet actually, from the time we got married till that time, it had actually kind of happened in the sense of, you know, we got married in 93. There was no internet. We had a computer, but there was no email, that kind of stuff. By 2002, you know, you're emailing, you've got the internet. So a a lot had happened in that nine years. And so it had actually picked up. So, you know, when we got married, he wasn't buying magazines.
0: Mm -hmm, It wasn't
1: like he was going to the store. It didn't mean he didn't see things, but he wasn't, it wasn't too bad. But man, the internet just put gasoline on that fire and it exploded. Mm -hmm. And so I remember walking in a couple of times and seeing him looking at naked women and it crushed me. And he assured me, I'm so sorry, which I believed he was, I I don't think he wanted to have this struggle. Um, but he assured me that it was not something he had a problem with very often. It was just occasionally. And so I, I believed him because I mean, he's my husband, I should believe him, but the whole, so that part of it, it, I just didn't know how bad it was. Did I know he struggled with porn? Yes. I just did not know the severity of it. And as far as the infidelity, totally caught off guard. I mean, let's just face it. We were in ministry together, and Mm. we, I mean, you just don't expect your pastor husband to be unfaithful. You just don't. And I was totally blown away and caught off guard with that part of the confession.
0: Wow. Man, I can't even imagine. And I do want to stop here and interject one thing that Laura and I believe, um, I know a lot of people in the Christian world at that point would act and even say, Well, Cindy, you have to get divorced. I mean, you can't stay with a man that's been unfaithful. I mean, not only has he been unfaithful, he's got a child with somebody. You can't stay with him, and you chose to. And we say divorce isn't for everyone. You can, but you don't have yeah. to. You know, Chris was an interesting, well, was a different case in this in that he wanted help. He wanted. Uh, to repent he wanted restoration he wanted to keep in the marriage if you're with someone that's a serial cheater and that has no desire to stop well then i think the divorce might be the right route to go you guys didn't choose that route did you ever get any pushback from those around you saying oh come on cindy really never let the same dog bite you twice this is going to go poor
1: yeah um totally i i did get some pushback i will say um i do think god kind of had us in a cocoon. Um, I think it was probably a blessing. Like I said, we had only been in Oklahoma for six weeks. I didn't really have any friends here. Um, I knew a couple of people, but I didn't really have those friends that I could call at two o'clock in the morning and say my world was unraveled. Mm. So they were all in Tennessee, where we had come from for four years. They were all in Texas, where I'm from. So we were alone. And so I didn't have a ton of pushback from the people who were directly around me in fact quite the opposite people saw that my husband was like laying it all out everything was nothing was off limits to me everything was out there he was confessing things that i thought oh god i can't i can't hear anything else please just just tell me it's really really bad and let's you know i can't hear anymore so so i had a little pushback there were some relationships that were strained um I will say our family was remarkable. Um, you can imagine my mother seeing her mm-hmm. daughter being crushed like this, mm-hmm. and she was remarkable. I know it hurt her. I know she dealt with bitterness and anger, but she went to her people. She didn't come and complain about it to me, and I I applaud her for that till the day I die wow. for doing that for me because that was tremendous for me. So, But, you know, Chris was fully um, – Repentant. I mean, to this day, it's been almost 15 years, and we had a conversation just this week about something that triggered me um, to the past, which doesn't happen often, but, you know, it's still it's still part of our, just the sin that we walked through, and And we had a conversation about it, and still, right, Laura, not one ounce of defensiveness on his part. Oh, yeah. not one. even after not all the work. One. I mean, he's even been working and growing work. and all the steps oh. that he went through everything so can i ask you a question yeah cindy so
0: when you were talking about that honesty and that all-out honesty you talk about in your book who who were you honest with and and in that regard like i don't think it would be blanket honesty with everyone you run into how did in that cocoon how did you choose who got to hear and hold your story
1: yeah well first of all craig rochelle obviously you guys are familiar with him and know him he is um, he's an amazing leader, pastor, and he is fully – I, I tell him often, probably every time – well, actually, I, I text him on our anniversary every year and just say, today's my 20th anniversary. Today's my 21st. Mm. I want you to know I wouldn't be married without your leadership. Wow. Because he did not kick my husband to the curb mm. whenever we found out and everything came out. He was at my house within the hour with another one of our leaders, he was angry. You can imagine, of course, he was angry. He was hurt. He was, you know, it was all those things, but he went against those feelings. And he said, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to be a hospital for them. And so one of the Mm. things he did was he put a couple in our life who, who was um, on staff. Their names are Jim and Beth Kuykendall. And we had only known them just a few weeks, obviously. And, but there was a connection when I had met her several months prior to that, before we moved. and, and they, the reason there was a connection, I, I didn't know it then, but now I do. It's they had walked through infidelity twenty something years before that, and had found freedom and restoration, and God had healed their marriage. And so they were the ones that were walking us through. We were with them literally every day. They were at our house every day, wow. and they were our source of strength and hope and encouragement because I I didn't have anybody, you know, and. I just I didn't have anybody so that's who God put in our path and we could be really open with. That's awesome.
0: Cindy, um had you thought about divorce? Did this couple talk you out of it? Did their example help you through it or did you really not consider that was that not an option for you?
1: Oh no, I considered it. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> thank you for thanks, being honest. Thank you I, for being I, honest. I think oh. there's probably
0: some women out there that are like, "Come on, this is too good to be oh. true." Okay.
1: Let me tell you, in fact, I'll just be real honest, and I've told Craig this, but so Chris confessed to me on a Tuesday morning, and on that Sunday, Craig preached about it to our campus because, I mean, we're their worship pastor. Chris was leading worship. I was leading with him. I mean, that's what we did, and he didn't give all the details. He didn't, like I've given you, but he said Chris has experienced a moral failure. He is repentant. He wants God to heal him. Mm. And then he said, and Cindy is by his side. And and I was physically. We had not separated, you know, but I hadn't decided. So yeah. I was actually kind of mad. I was like, I may still divorce him. You shouldn't have said that. But, yeah. um, So, but you know, I think what happened was I, I believe that maybe God just said, you know, it will happen. And so even though I didn't know I was going to stay, Craig spoke that, and, and, and it is fine. But sure. so I did consider, in fact, for three weeks, which— some people think, well, three weeks isn't very long. When you're in the pit of despair, yeah. three minutes it's is long. an eternity. Of and so course. I was in just despair. And so for three weeks, I just was like, I don't know what to do. God, speak to me. I need to know if I'm supposed to stay because I know I can leave. Just show me, show me, show me. And and so, yeah, for three weeks, I was just not even sure if I was going to stay. And then God did speak, and I was very completely I write about it in my first book, just what God did and how he showed me yeah. to stay, and, and that's what I did. So, yeah, I definitely consider divorce.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and that's good. It's okay. That's normal to think about that. It's a natural thing to think about. We, we don't want to shame anybody for that. That's something we should think about. All we're saying is you don't have to. You just don't have to. For those just joining us, we're talking to Cindy Beal from LifeChurch.tv. She's written a book called Rebuilding a Marriage Better Than New, She's telling her story about uh, her husband confessing to her that he had a porn addiction, he had been unfaithful, there was a child from that, uh, and the restorative process they've gone through to build a marriage better than new. Cindy, one of the things you talk about in the book is it's important to be all out on the table honest, all out on the table. And you know you said something that I wonder if women are thinking, do you, I mean, one, who do we have that honesty with? Uh, obviously, between you and Chris, your husband, he was being very, very honest with you. Do you really mean everything, everything you've ever struggled with, everything you've looked at? I mean, some women, I don't know if they can handle that. I don't know if as a husband, if that was going on, if I could handle everything.
1: Do you
0: Do you really mean everything?
1: <laughs> um, I do mean everything, but I don't mean it graphically. For example, oh. I don't need my husband to describe the women he saw. I don't need him to tell me every part of their bodies. I don't need I don't need that. Yeah. But so for for in our story, there was over the course it was and and I just want to also say that my husband wasn't like this serial cheater for the entire nine years and and everything. So it was about everything kind of came to a head for about a two, two and a half year period Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. there. So um, so it wasn't like he was just always this terrible husband. And, and we actually had a lot of great times together because in his mind, and this is something that is very common that we've talked to with couples, when, when, a, when a husband or a wife, because there's plenty of it, both sides of it, yes. um, is unfaithful. Chris, in his case, he would leave the encounter, and he would have – he called it the road of repentance. He would repent to God, and he would just say, God, I'm so sorry. I will never do this again. I will never do it again. And in his heart, he truly wanted that. He yeah. did not want to do it again. And I do believe that because I've been trapped in sin before, and I don't yeah. want to be there. Right. But you trapped, and you don't know how to walk through it. So, so yeah, I definitely think that, um, that um, it was – definitely something that was really hard for him. So, yeah, I I can't even remember the question. See, I get off track. That's all right. No, I totally understand. Um, I can't remember exactly what you asked me, but I hope I answered the question. Oh, you did. did. Yep, you did. It was definitely about the
0: honesty. The other thing that I want to ask how you accomplished this, and you talk about understanding or having the realization everybody is human. Everyone Mm -hmm. will let you down, and we ourselves are also broken. It's not... You know, I know my story. I am so into my own story. I'm right. Everybody else is wrong, and I can prove it. And in the midst of all this, it would be really easy as a wife to go, listen, I didn't do any of this. I didn't force you into this. I didn't push you into it. I, I wasn't, you know, complicit in this. And he's the bad guy, and you're the good guy. How did you grasp during this that, yeah, I'm broken too? All of us fall short of the glory of God. How's that? How are, yeah. how are you accomplishing that?
1: Well, and 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 that's exactly what I attribute um, a lot of our healing to. Was me being willing to listen to the Father and to ask the question, God, how did I contribute to this mess? Mm. Right, and that was. A lot of women don't want to ask that. And yeah. I'm just saying women, assuming it's the man. There's, like I just said Both earlier, sides. there's plenty of women who for cheat sure. on their husbands. But yeah. I'm just, I'm a, I am can identify with the wife because obviously I'm a wife. So I I just remember asking that question because here's the thing. I've talked to, I can't even tell you how many people I've talked to over these last years who the women are still holding on and they have blamed their husband for all of it. And not once have they said I wonder what I did to contribute to the culture of what our marriage was in. Now I didn't make my husband cheat and I don't take responsibility for his cheating. Mm -hmm. I take responsibility for my part. And what God showed me was I was an enabler Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I, I could have, I I've asked myself, I wonder if I had stood up for myself. I wonder if I had really called him out on things, if it would have gone this far. Now Still, I'm not blaming myself for his actions. Right. It's just yes. something that I played a part because when infidelity happens, when those kinds of betrayals in our marriage happen, happen, there is a culture in our marriage. What did I do to contribute to that culture? And I did contribute a lot. So so yeah, I think you have to ask yourself and you have to be willing to say, hmm, am I willing to look at myself as well? And that's hard because I did have a thought. Wow, if I had stood up to him, Maybe he wouldn't have cheated. If I had not allowed him to manipul- manipulate me, mm. maybe it wouldn't have gone this far. And I've, I've asked myself that.
0: So. Yeah. That's an honest question, it, it, and it's a mature yeah. question. I have to be honest. There's, there's a lot of maturity in being able to ask yourself, did I have a part in this? And to be able to say yes. Now you don't excuse the behavior. Neither of us do. Um, and we all have a role in all of our relationships. So that is an important yeah. one. I think that leads into something Laura and I really discuss a lot, and that's our identity. You know, I, I think people that have an identity in Jesus can look at themselves and say, what role did I have? Because it's it, it takes it out of the personal in a way, because we know who our identity is. We know that Christ holds us up. In the midst of these things, I know that as you travel around, as you've written these books, you've got to have just thousands of women and men coming to you that are just devastated. You know, we we get our identity from our things and our stuff. And I mean, we can talk about your house burning down because that's something that we have identity in. And we gain identity from our spouses and our marriage and our kids. And in the midst of all this, how do you encourage people to find their true identity when they've lost everything? I mean, in, in a sense, you had lost your relationship or the one that you thought you knew. And then when your house burned down, you lost everything.
1: Right, yeah. Um, that's, that's hard because it is so easy for me to say, well, I'm Chris Beale's wife because he's very well known here. He's a part of, you know, we're part of Life Church, and it's easy for me to say, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm Cindy Beal, the author, or I'm Noah, mm-hmm. Jack and Seth's mom, you know, whatever. So it's easy for me to say that cause those are, those are just very right in front of you. But one of the things that I feel and I wrote about in there was just, we have to know who we are in Christ. I am. I'm a child of God. I've been bought with a price. I've been redeemed by the blood and I have been forgiven of sin. And so it's just knowing that identity. Um, you know, Mm. I I tell people like a lot of times I'll say, well, I'm a pastor's wife. And so one of the things I've been changing is saying, you know, no, I'm a child of God and I happen to be married to a pastor. So (laughs) it's not about what I do. It's about who I am, you know? And the other thing is like the whole addict thing, you know, for me, I'm just you know I struggle with food so if anything food addiction has been my vice and so for a long time I would say well I'm a food addict and then I just felt like the holy spirit said no 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 you are my child who struggles mm. with food addiction and so that's where I change it now so I'm not not I'm not saying I'm, I can't identify with the addiction I can but I'm a child of God I am a daughter of the king I am his beloved he loves me mm-hmm. so it's it's figuring out not living in the label and not, totally and not basing on who, not basing who we are on what we do right. you know because let's think about it men in particular do this more more than women what do you do when you meet a guy well first question what do you do right
0: right you
1: know and and so and we all do that but it's just typical so that's the thing i really tried to to help people in the book say was you know what you do is not who you are
0: mm that's right yeah it's a perfect example of the old old self versus new self just the distinction yeah. living in the new mm-hmm. and i love how you talk about that when we face this these trials and these dark places in our life we have three options you said it, let it define you let it destroy you or let it strengthen you
1: right
0: and yeah. i love how sure. you, you just have chosen to let it strengthen you
1: yeah it's been um you know people have said and and i think People have asked me, "Are you letting this define you?" And um, and so I think about it. I think some people let it define me. You know, they say, "Oh, you need to help with porn or adultery. Go call Cindy Beale." And so, <laughs> and that's and that's that's fine. But for me, I think what I kind of the bottom line for me is if if the redemption of God in my life. And also in my marriage, because again, the redemption and the res- restoration happened in me first before my marriage. Mm, um, amen. And and I, t- yeah, it has to. I can't. You can't go try to fix a marriage with two broken people. You've got to do that. You've got to go with the father, go to the father first. And so the redemption, if, if God's restoration of me and then my marriage, if that's how people define me, I'm okay with that. I mean, that's restoration, that's redemption. And if people want to look at me that way, that's fine. Now I don't look in the mirror every day or walk around every day. And all I think about is my story. In fact, I don't, it's just not part, yeah, I mean, but when I see my, even when I see my books lying around or whatever, I don't, like, think, oh, that was just a terrible part of my life, you know, I just don't, I just don't see it that way, it has, it has really strengthened me, um, and I just, um, it's part of my life, but. um, It's not who you are.
0: Hmm. Cindy, we've got a couple of minutes left. I know there are people listening right now that are in the middle of this. Either they've just found it on their son or daughter's computer, their husband or wife's computer, and it's the tsunami has hit. They're drowning mm-hmm. on the spot. Their life is feeling like it's over. What can you say to that person right now? First step, glimmer of hope, something to say we're going to get through this.
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is when someone's in that that place where they feel trapped or they're in bondage, they literally they think I'll never be able to kick this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it is. And so if I could just steal some things from, you know, uh, AA or whatever, all the different alcoholics, anonymous, anonymous kind of things is you just have today. Today's today's it, you know, not Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow or next Thursday or next January. Today is the day for freedom. Let's walk today out in freedom. My brother has been sober for close to 16 years, and he doesn't think about being sober tomorrow. He's just going to be sober today, and that has been day after day. And so that's what I would say, and I would also just say um, you can walk in freedom again because if if my husband did it after 22 years in bondage – I promise you, you can do it. And his Mm. was deep. And so Mm. I I would also like to just recommend a book. This is the book that my husband read that led him to freedom. It's called The Bondage Breaker by Neil T. Anderson. Mm. Um, My husband, when he meets with men in his his office who come from the church, um, which there are a lot. So the church pastors out there who don't think this is an epidemic, just so you know, it is an epidemic. It, it is an is epidemic. An epidemic. <laughs> it an is epidemic. real. <laughs> so just so you know, Open it is very eyes. real. Open your Yeah. Yeah, please do. Um, and even if you don't struggle with it, people do. So you just need to know that. But um, my husband buys the bondage breaker by cases. So wow. like, he has a case of them in his office at all time, and he gives them out to the men in his church. And this is the book because it goes back to the identity. My husband mm. believed a lie about himself, and so he found something to medicate. And his was porn. Other people, it's alcohol, some are drugs, whatever it is. Gambling, you know, his was porn. And so that book, pick up that book, let God bring freedom because Mm -hmm. you are trapped and you are living a lie. And the enemy wants you to stay there. Your spiritual enemy is not your friend. He will lie to you at any given time. And so that's what I would say. Do not think that you have to face this bondage, this trap for the rest of your life. What are you going to do today? And then when you wake up tomorrow, if God gives you tomorrow, what are you going to do tomorrow? That kind of thing.
0: Cindy, it's perfect. I am so glad we started the broadcast with you. This is exactly what Rebel Parenting is all about, the real conversation about the real issues affecting parents today. It's a place for imperfect parents. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect spouses. I cannot thank you enough. I just so appreciate you being here. Thank you
1: for your honesty. Oh, it's always Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, it's just great to be with both of you. Laura, I love that you were on the interview as well. Thank you.
0: She's the best, huh?
1: She's really really great, Ryan. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) All praise to God.
0: Definitely. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it inspired you to make a change in your life or help someone else make a change in theirs. For more information about Rebel Parenting and for exclusive content from Cindy Beale and all of our guests, head to rebelparenting.org and sign up for our newsletter. That's rebelparenting.org. For myself, Ryan Dobson, and Laura Dobson, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next week right here on Rebel Parenting.